Are you ready for our movie club? New year, new you, new them for a resolution from 2012. You added an, another uh, pronoun on the end of that. Are, does that mean you're pretty much done with this month? You're ready for it to be over? Yeah, I'm ready to turn a new leaf into. Listen, this month had 31 days. That's far too many. If we just had 28, it'd be a great month. <laughs> turn over a new leaf. Yeah, I uh, didn't know anything about this movie, but I picked it because of the name, because we were doing New Year's resolution movies. Turns out. It's not related to a New Year's resolution at all. No, but it is about like uh, trying to help someone become a better version of themselves or yeah, a worse version, that. depending on who you are. It's also good that's coming at the end of the month because it is a resolution to our project. And it's also a really good transition into the found footage month as well. It is. So your blurb for this movie is a man imprisons his estranged junkie friend in an isolated cabin in the boonies of San Diego to force them through a week of sobriety. But the events of that week are being mysteriously manipulated. Indeed. Had a $20,000 budget. Yeah, which is a lot, I thought. When I saw that, I'm like, this is do- <laughs> this costs double what I thought it did. <laughs> I guess that's fair. It's... So, the, I want to say this is uh, directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, and yep. also written by Justin Benson. And they did a movie that we both watched in during the pandemic year that we didn't did do an episode on. True. Yeah, which was a synchronic, which was like a weird time travel movie i actually think that synchronic takes place in this extended cinematic universe to be fair synchronic was uh it was the guy from 50 shades and who else was it anthony uh, mackie? mackie yeah anthony mackie they're like what cops are... no they're paramedics that are investigating this uh it's like a street drug essentially where uh you know the kids the kids these days they take the drug and they transport themselves in time so they're in the same spot in like new orleans i think is where it takes place but then they like go back to 10,000 bc and they are like in the middle of an ice age or they go back to like a thousand years ago and it's a swamp and they uh experience those things as if they were real so it's it's sort of like a metaphor for taking psychedelics right where people have yeah. these like lived in experiences <laughs> but you know they never left their couch or whatever they're also the ones who caused the pandemic because he went back to prehistoric times and caught a bug and then brought it back to the <laughs> present. They also, so these this pair, uh, directing writing pair, produced the movie that we watched last year. Which one? After Midnight. Oh, really? Yeah. So it has like very similar uh, like mumblecore folk horror vibes to that movie. Yeah. Uh, this movie is also on Shutter slash Eye of Stephen Knight. So. That's true. It didn't come from there though. It was it was a a festival movie it was part of the like tribeca film festival and they yeah. they sent it through their little academy and pushed it out it was definitely tribeca because the trailer has it on it multiple times and it mm-hmm. hits and then it hits this movie when it starts and when it ends as well they want you to they wanted you to know that like hey we've been to tribeca <laughs> that's true they, they did want you to know that when uh, we were looking for our fifth movie for this month's yeah, you were like, like, there's five Mondays in January. Pick another. And we're like, I, I don't know. Google resolution movie. And then this one came up. Yeah. And then, like, I watched the trailer and I was like, holy shit, this looks cool. Let's watch this. And I yeah. thought you had already seen it before. Mm-mm. But I was, like, just sold by the trailer of this movie. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for any horror movie that's, like, two people in an abandoned house in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And then weird stuff happens. Like, I'll, I'll watch it. I mean, said like Jeff vibes all over it. And I, so I figured this would be the one. And here we are. 
Um, okay, so we open watching through Mike's computer. He's get, he's got a video message from his friend um, Chris. As Chris like slowly loses his mind in the California desert, he like has a deep conversation with the dog on the video. He complains about the birds, and he I don't I think the bugs come later, but basically you can tell that he's he's not doing well. So Mike convinces his wife, fiance, the mother of his future child, that he is going to go help Chris. And he's like, this is my last chance. And it's only going to be a week. No problem. When we get to the property, Chris is already having a conversation. I think this is the bugs one where he's like, these fucking bugs, they're going to eat all the trees. And then they left the tree just here as like a fuck you. (laughs) And he's like shooting his handgun in the air trying to hit these insects. So he's he's Smoking crack, basically, is what we call it. Yeah, it's just in a house in the middle of nowhere, just having a blast. (laughs) Mike is like, hey, do you want to go to rehab while Chris is in the middle of this trip? And Chris is like, hell no, I don't want to go to rehab. So he's like, great. This is carte blanche to taser you and handcuff you to the plumbing built into the the foundation of this house. So he does that to his friend. And it's like, you're going to stay there for a week. And if after a week you want to die... Go for it. If after a week you don't want to die, I'm taking you to rehab. Um, yeah, this is also one of the nicer looking trap houses I've seen. That's that's probably true. Probably because it's it's not supposed to be a trap house, right? It's a yeah. it's on Indian reservation land. So then we get introduced to all the folk of this folk horror movie. So Micah and Billy are the other two local crackheads that come to visit Chris because Chris owes them drugs or owes them money or both. Or neither. It's not really clear, but basically they come to bully Mike is the idea. It's implied that Mike has been getting his drugs from them, and he's either getting extra drugs to sell to cover the, his share that he's getting, yeah, or he just owes them for the amount they got last time. But it's very apparent that they gave him more than they should have in order to like trap him into a situation where they're going to be able to like be physically abusive to him to get Correct. off. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they're like, we know that it's in there. We're going to come in and get it. And Mike's like, just piss off, guys, which incites them more. Was there also the uh, tribal security group who basically extorts Mike? Uh, they're like, they roll up on the shack. And they're like, you guys can't be here. This is tribal land. And Mike's like, what's it going to take to make this go away? And they're like, you're kidding, right? As if they're ready for a fight. And then he's like, no, seriously. And they're like, all right, 500 bucks. Cool. Yeah. Um, Zach McLarnan plays Charles, who's like the yeah. main guy who comes there. He's like the only um, known actor, I would say. In this yeah, movie. and he wasn't when this movie was made. Um, he was in an AMC series over the summer called Dark Winds that was that got played during the mid-season break of Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. That was actually really, really good. And he's also in uh, Reservoir Dogs on Hulu. He is in Reservoir Dogs. That's where I recognize him from. That's yeah. the takeaway TD. He has, he has the current unfortunateness of being... The only Native American he's cast in things right now because Hollywood <laughs> allows one and it's currently him. That is true. Although hopefully things like Prey will change that, right? Yes. So the, once we get introduced to everybody, Mike has this like weird drive to explore around. Um, so he goes on lots of hikes in the San Diego boonies. Uh, we meet the UFO cultists who look suspiciously like Mormons. Uh, we meet the... Uh, the like con man who's trying to con Chris out of the house, but Chris is I'm, trying I'm to con stop him you there back. for a second. So <laughs> UFO cultists and Mormons is actually a very thin line. Yeah. 
Because, like, they actually believe in a planet that you go to after you die. Right, but they go to that planet, whereas these guys are ready for the, I think they call them the Ascended, to come to Earth, is the yeah, idea. Yeah, they're, they're like the Lutheran Mormons. Yeah. Um, and this ties in a little bit, because Mike starts finding pieces of old media, so he finds, uh, initially, it's like a journal, and then some photographs. And then he goes to like the cave where we get our one jump scare in the movie where the homeless guy's like, hey, what are you doing here? And that actually made me jump out of my chair. Uh, but there's like cave drawings. Um, and then there's, there's like he records. goes. To, yeah. So he goes to like return the film slide to the library. Right. And he sees the like updated. So there's this like progression of media that depicts aliens in the area, essentially culminating in they're having a discussion about the video that the movie opens on where he's like. Chris is like, why did you even come here? And Mike's like, well, you sent me the video, which is clearly a cry for help. And Chris was like, do you see a laptop or Wi-Fi or a camera around here? Like, how am I going to record this video and send it to you? And movie's got a movie, so it doesn't actually answer the question. They just move on to the next thing because I think the lady's face appears in the window. And so, like, freaks them out. That's like literally the movie's, hey, audience member, in case you weren't paying attention this whole time, how did this video get taken and sent to Mike? Do you want to know the answer? Because strap in, we're about a half hour away from the answer. And you're like, oh, oh, okay, this is what the movie's about. Mike and Billy re- reappear. They're a little more aggressive. Mike has to, like, scare them off with a bat. The uh, creepy campfire book is left on the on the porch, which freaks Mike out. Then he, this is when he goes to the cave and we get the, the big jump scare from the homeless guy, which that, like, legitimately scared me. It definitely sticks in my head. There's reference made of these like French researchers that were in the area and Mike finds yeah, one of them after the dog. He finds shot. this trailer and talks to this guy and he's yeah. like holding the mirror thing up. I know this scene is near the end of this movie, but this scene made the movie feel like an hour longer than it actually is. <laughs> this is like this. It starts to lose me a little bit here because the movie's trying to be intentionally vague to like not yes. have to explain what it is because they don't have the money to pay off what it is at the end so when this guy's explaining about these like two students who came here once and like they found like an herb on the side of the blah 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 and he's like keeps talking but like he always gets just to the point where he's going to tell you something interesting and then starts a new subject yeah and so I, the implication I, I getting, is that i was getting very a, lost an alien herb which is similar to weed that provides provides access to the all-knowing so i'm assuming it's like uh, a part of the aliens biology essentially that grows in this area just because of the aliens here is is what i got out of it there's a cool thing with the mirror though that you mentioned where it uses the mirror facing us as we like look at mike's reflection is like an infinity mirror you know when you put like a couple mirrors yeah. in line with each other which was kind of a cool touch as he's you know doing the hippie explanation of of what he does with this red herb basically I thought that was yeah. an interesting little touch. Well, so this is the piece where, so it starts to lose me a little bit, right? Because one, it's like, okay, we're talking about psychedelics, right? Mm-hmm. People have spoken psychedelics on this mountain, and that's where they've gotten their religion. But then it's also the mirror thing. So it's like, okay, well, there's possible multidimensional, multiversal things going on. Maybe that's the explanation. And then he mentions aliens. It's like, okay, we got visitors from another planet. That's perhaps the explanation. But then it's also like, this all leads to a religious experience. Maybe it's a religion. And maybe that's the explanation. I'm like, 
So it's literally just throwing multiple things at the wall. Correct. Yeah. It ha- doesn't um, have an answer for you. It just has more questions. So when uh, when he gets ready to leave this little trailer, and I was like, I'm glad he's leaving because I was about to because <laughs> they're literally just putting in a bunch of scapegoats here to just like pick one in the next 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense when you get to the end. Yeah. But as I'm watching it, I was like, well, how are they going to pay this off? Because this feels lazy. I see your point. I have a counterpoint to make, though. So let me let me finish the recap because we are truly almost over with the with sure. the movie. So Mike and Chris, they start to access a video that's like a live recording of what they're saying and doing, um, which kind of freaks them out. And then they get this CD, which is an audio clip of them in the future as they're getting murdered by Charles and the like reservation security force that comes and clears them out. So they leave. And Mike's like, wait, actually, we can't go back to society because... I don't want to bring this back to my house and my family. Right. So we've got to deal with this here. So they go back and Micah and Billy are the substitute, uh, I guess, victims in the crime. They like go into the house to retrieve the drugs. And then Charles shows up in a truck and we get like a shotgun to the face on, on camera. And then they light the, the little shack on fire and then drive off, leaving Micah and Billy dead on the doorstep of this burning shack. And Chris has this like moment of weakness where he had wanted to go to rehab, but the uh, shotgun shells, I guess, or I guess not shotgun, but the uh, handgun shells that were in the basement of this house start to go off. And he realizes like, oh, crap, that's also my stash of drugs. And so he's going to make a run for it to try to retrieve the drugs from the burning building. And as he gets close, the view of the camera switches to this like we're embodying the bean that like rises up from the front of the house and then it makes a bunch of like weird noises and Chris like is falls to his knees immediately and starts to plead like I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry and Mike looks up at the camera and is like hey can we try this another way and then cut like fade to black at that point yeah so this is where we get the reveal that it's like a cosmic horror thing that's been going on yeah which is so this is where because this happens at the end, I give the trailer a pass. Yeah. But when you're watching the trailer part, you're like, What's oh, this on? is like really shitty script writing because they're just trying to. It felt like they were filming in order and they were just giving us all these possible <laughs> ends because they didn't know where it was going to go. But then he gets to the end and it wraps it up. So when I watched the trailer part, I was out. When it wrapped up, I now enjoy the trailer part. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. So when I my first like leaving this movie uh, was actually like right right before we went on the walk together. And at that point, I think you had seen it and it had sat with you for a while and you were like back in on the movie. And at that point I was kind of still out on the movie. Like I hadn't sat with me long enough and I left the movie and I was like, well, you know, they did a good job with their $20,000 and that's fine. I'll move on and won't, won't ever have to think about it again once we record. But now that I've sat with it for a couple of days, I feel like <clears throat> they did a lot with this movie, uh, not just budget wise, but using the cosmic horror as a stand-in for the audience that like demands a story right is a really interesting device of it reminded me a lot of what jordan peele was trying to do with nope where the constant need to film is this like drive to i don't know psychosis essentially sure and the like chasing of a story is, is ultimately detrimental and if you could just like leave things alone and let them play out in the way they played out, nothing bad would happen, but we I were terrible. really liked how Mike, once he saw the footage of them being recorded live, he kind of understood what they were in for. And like, right. he's like, oh, 
he didn't really send me that video at the beginning. It's whatever. This was his meth was messing with us. He like buys into the insanity because the entire time he's like bargaining of like, all right, well, if this is going to happen, we'll just leave. But we can't go back to society because we're clearly insane now. So what if we just drag this with us? And then the people get the standings for him. He's like, well, it's happening to them. It didn't happen to us. So things can be changed a little bit. But we're still fucking insane because this is happening. So why don't we just try to reason with insanity? And I was like, oh, like a character actually like bought into the madness, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. He has a really interesting arc, too. Right. So he uh, is it's like build as altruism. Right. He's going to save his friend, help him get to rehab and change his life is the idea. But then as well, the movie unfolds, you realize that. Maybe he feels really guilty, and this is actually a selfish motivation, right? Where he's trying to atone for not being a better friend when they were in college. Yeah, and he's also well. They have that speech where they're like they're hiding behind the thing, mm-hmm. where he's like, you know, I'm gonna have a kid, man. Like I didn't want my kid to grow up without their uncle, and that's why I came to like save you. Right. And his friend is like, dude, just let me do drugs and kill myself. Yeah, that that is like a very. Uh, I don't know. That felt real when Chris was given the speech about he's like, I can't blame it on circumstances. Right. Like if I had better parents, all I would do is I'd be a drug addict with better parents. Right. Like, yeah. Or I'd be able just, to I'm afford drug better drugs. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I like that Chris knew what he was throughout the movie. Right. He, he says multiple times of like, dude, I don't know. Like all I do out here is I smoke crack and I shoot my gun wildly. Like, what do you want from me? You know, I'm a, yeah. I'm a crazy drug addict that lives in the middle of nowhere. Like don't like, expect me I've, to participate. Yeah. At least I put myself in the middle of nowhere. So I can't hurt anyone but myself. Yeah. And just wants to die on his own terms. You know, yeah. that's fairly enlightened. The other thing I really liked is the, prog- the meet, the progression of media too. the idea that this cosmic core has been there for so long that it's, been around to see the evolution from like cave paintings to Polaroid pictures to film media. So I have a question for you here. Okay. <clears throat> Do you think that this cosmic horror has ever been responsible for the creation of a new form of media because he's gotten bored with the stories we could tell on the oh. previous ones? <clears throat> and he's like, what if I invented TikTok and we could look at videos that way? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, it yeah. is a cosmic entity with godlike powers, right? There's, it's weird to think that it hasn't had some sort of influence on the developing of it. I mean, it's, he's, it's accidentally created a religion. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how accidental it is, right? Like his next stop might be uh, at the roadside rest stop where he's in the glory hole. You know, sure. like those two movies definitely exist maybe in the same plane. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think you're probably onto something where he's like, all right, K paintings are cool, but. We've now maxed out after stick figures like we can't do much else. So please invent something else. Yeah, I can only read so many comic books before I have to see a comic book movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course, exactly. Yeah. What he was grown, d- dreamed of when he grew up as a comic book movie. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. The, other, the piece I found probably really compelling is that the initial paintings and media involve the cosmic horror. But as it progresses, he becomes more of the like audience member slash director of the of the thing like he doesn't feel the need to star in it anymore yeah it's like got bored of all the attention and just needed to become a recluse yeah so i thought that was kind of cool there's like a great creep factor to the way that this movie is colored where i don't know it just the desert in the middle of california you know you drive through it and it's very forgettable but this felt 
incredibly dark and creepy and unsettling the whole time. And it, yeah. it's not like it's scored very well or anything. It just is creepy. That's all. They found a good location. Do you think they make it out of there? No, of course not. The is alien's that... like, I don't like this. Rewind. And then it starts them back over. It's like Groundhog Day. Just because, like, uh, every time Mike calls his girlfriend, he's like, oh, yeah, like, we you know, we're just staying at a hotel and, like, you know, we're just hanging out. And he's, like, agreed to go to rehab and I'm, we're going to get him there. And, like, we're just going to chill this week. And we're having a great time. And, like, then he, like, drives to the middle of nowhere and his friend is, like, chained to the wall with a shit bucket. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, he's like, even she... flabbergasted when he walks in. He's like, what's that smell? And Chris is like, I shit in the bucket that you left me. What did you want me to do with it? Yeah. When you shit yeah. in the bucket or you want me to, like shit the bed yeah i think one of the weaknesses of this movie is definitely the lack of budget made for those tell don't show moments right so like we we hear about their party life when they were younger but that would have been a place where you could have inserted a flashback right or the front like the trailer scene where the the french guy talks about the researchers that came and went like that could have been a flashback scene if they had had a greater budget you know this movie wouldn't be so confined to being told what was going on in the past I really would have liked when he's on the hike and he runs into the Mormon parables in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I really wish instead of that, he had like found like an old church house that was abandoned instead and like mm-hmm. rooted through their stuff that way. Cause they felt very out of place of like, yeah, they really did because they never factor back in. Correct. Yeah. Right. The, the one French researcher up on the Hill, who's just like, I live here now and I just smoke this drug all the time. He kind of makes sense. But when we don't see them factor, I, I thought they were going to show up at the end and like start worshiping when the house was on fire or something. Mm-hmm. But they just don't show up again. And it felt really weird that they were even included. It also would have been cool to see, you know, the the movie makes covert references to the different ways people found religion through this being. Right. But it would have been cool to see, like you said, the the French researcher who just goes and smokes pot and like lives in the hills and, and worships this thing in its own way or like the. Uh, not so veiled reference to the Mormon church, like actually built a foundation out here and like the way they reference it, it would have been interesting to see too. Like the Indians on the reservation clearly knew what was going on or at least had hints of it. Right. So it could have been interesting to see how that tied in with their folklore and you get all the pieces of it. Yeah. That house is definitely a hotspot because uh, they mentioned when like he asked some of the houses and more furnished. He's like, well, we couldn't rebuild it after the fire. And then at the end we see a fire again. So You know, like, they're just, well, it's on our land, and we have to live peacefully with it, so let's just make it so it can be here, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you think, so there's the cycle of life, basically, the, like, Mormon church comes along, they rebuild the movie set for the thing, it, like, entraps someone new into the shack, films its story, that the in, the reservation security force comes along and burns it down and kills whoever's there, then the Mormons come along and rebuild the set, and then it's just like an end of cycle that way. Basically. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's these are basically my thoughts and resolution. I don't really have anything else to add or say about it. Uh, let's grade this movie. And then I okay. will recommend a tangential movie to this that I think you would like. Okay. I mean, they they did another movie that's like a sequel to this movie, right? Is that what you're going to recommend me? No. Okay, fair enough. So I think initially I would have just left this movie as a C and moved on. But there's a lot of potential here. And this movie has stuck with me in a way that movies haven't really stuck with me in a while. So I'm going to give this one a B and leave it at that. Like it's lacking the budget to be a true A and it does leave things too ambiguous for me to be satisfied. 
but it asks enough of the right questions and prompts you in interesting ways. So I think this movie is a B, easy B. Right. <clears throat> yeah, so it's probably a pretty solid B minus for me. It was it was moving right along. Like I was on the ride, I was good to go. We could show the trailer and it slows you down a little bit because it hits mm-hmm. you with all the exposition all at once. Yeah. And that kind of pulled me out of the movie a little bit because I was like on the ride and I was, you know, had my arms in the air ready to go over the hill on the <laughs> roller coaster. And then they, you know, the track stopped. So it's like a B minus to click watch. It's on shutter. It's also on uh, Tubi as well. 